dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. We're here with Source. We're here to talk about a bit of Round 14, Source, and get into Round 15 where we get the full fixtures back, all nine games, uh, with a couple that have actually moved because of the coronavirus, not in Melbourne this time, but in Sydney. Yeah, hey, Pez. Um, end of the buy rounds, as you said, uh, getting into a full round of footy. I don't know if we'll be able to, uh, our stamina, we'll be able to keep up with a whole <laughs> round of footy, but um, probably one of the lacklustered uh, rounds for the buy. I uh, probably had one exciting uh, game, basically, and the rest were sort of stock standard chipaways and uh, not much uh, out of the ordinary occurred. Um, but Friday night, Pez set us up for an amazing round uh, 14 with Gary Rowan, uh, the only player in history to win a game after the siren twice. <laughs> the only player in history. The only player in history, Gary Rowan. Well, there you go. The other one was for Sydney <laughs> against Essendon in the goal square when he got that mark and kicked it after the siren. So there you go, Gary Rowan. Uh, we'll talk about that kick then. We might as well. It's wow. a kick to win the game. One point down would have been a draw. Kicked it. They won by five points. Now, Sauce, as soon as he kicked it, I thought that was missing to the right. I didn't even think it was going to score. Yeah, he, he went through his... Um, it was interesting, though, interviewing him after the game. And they interviewed him through the week, obviously, as, as you do when you, <laughs> you can win a game off your own boot. And he said uh, he was extremely nervous. He knew what he had to do. And he he sort of... Uh, you know, it was a huge kick, obviously, you know, playing against a top top two team. Um, you know, m- misses and it's draw. But he was extremely confident. He went through his routine. And he actually said that he miskicked it a little bit. And it sort of went right... And it looked That's terrible, and then it swung back. Um, but confidence, baby, confidence. And tell you what, do you know what was better than the kick, Pez? The celebration. <laughs> everyone in Geelong, Chris Scott included. Not my God. Not everyone in Geelong. I didn't it, see much of a crowd there. Only seven thousand people. Well, that, well, everyone. I could hear it from mine. Uh, my place was watching it Chris with Mum. Oh. Now you you haven't been a fan of him, uh, Source. But well, he didn't they, kick it. They showed a a well, I guess split screen of him celebrating uh, his first win as Geelong coach and celebrating this win. And he is still as passionate as as ever. And he was going nuts with the hugs and the the things. His mask was coming up and it it was actually good to see. Yeah, it was great to see, Pez. Um, As you said, there was only 7,000 in the crowd and uh, it looked like he was almost getting into someone, but they've panned out a couple of times. There's no one there. He just is getting ecstatic. uh, And it's one of the criticisms that I have of Scott because obviously sometimes he does act like more of a supporter than he does an actual coach. But you got to love the reaction from uh, Billy Brownless. They showed some of all the fans in there and everyone was getting up and Billy Brownless, just the old, yeah, no problems little wink and then you turn over to the coach and the coach is celebrating like a pork chop but uh you gotta love the passion you love that uh he's behind the boys and uh pez oh, it, w- it was a great kick great game great finish and uh i think it answered a lot of questions around the bulldogs um, we had some concerns about them being able to play some top teams they were able to match it even despite a loss but um oh, it makes september really interesting well no Trelaw, no dunkley no stefan martin and they've been able to take it up to geelong over Oh, down there at Geelong at GMHBA. So uh, they've actually proven a lot to the footy world, even though they've gone down by five, because they were leading when the siren went. And uh, we're actually a really good chance to win with a minute to go with the ball down the other end. So uh, Geelong have a habit of doing that, especially over there. They did it to Melbourne a couple of years ago where uh, Zach Tui stole it off them uh, right at the end as well. So uh, it's really hard to beat Geelong down there. Brisbane found that as well this year. Uh, earlier where they, you know, Geelong won by a goal as well. So they're winning the, the tight ones, the Cats. 
they go to 10 wins for the season, same as the Bulldogs, and they're looking really good to get one of those top two spots. Yeah, we talk all the time about Richmond's pedigree, and we talked about Hawthorne's pedigree when they were up and about, and Geelong are one of those teams who, you know, a little bit of bias here, that they've been up and about for a long time. They've made 14 of the last, I think, 18 prelim finals. Well, not prelim finals, but they've had this, the double chance at the end of the season. But this is what those young teams, Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs, and those teams that are up and coming, Port Adelaide and Brisbane, what they need to do is... You may not have to win every game by 50 points, but when it gets close, you go to your system, bang, 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 and give yourself an opportunity to win the game. And Geelong do this all the time. They always put themselves in a position to win in the last quarter, despite what they do throughout the game. Um, you know, we saw it earlier in the year against Brisbane. We've seen it against um, Port Adelaide. We've seen it against uh, uh, the Western Bulldogs this week. The system works, and it's, uh, it, you know, hats off to Geelong for, for a bit of poise going into that forward line because they could have butchered it. Joel Selwood goes through the middle, has a really courageous sort of you know, hip and shoulder and, and, and a, a tap on that sets up a, a Gary Rowan a miracle shot for goal. Yeah, with the game of the round, so many talking points from it, so we'll spend a little bit more time on it. Uh, speaking about Joel Selwood, involved in a couple of inc- instances where he's got a first offence fine for both in- instances, if that makes sense. So he's had two indiscretions instance, yeah. and he's been fined for a first offence on both, which doesn't make sense to a lot of people. It doesn't make sense. He could have actually been fined for another first offence. So three separate incidents, three separate uh, classifications, I guess. Misconduct. There was um, misconduct. There was one about like you know, um, I don't know. He so rough roughness, I guess. He he put. Uh, I can't remember whose head it was. He put put it into it the Bailey into the floor. Bailey. Uh, the other one, uh, I don't think he got fined for it, but the studs in the leg that caused a bit of blood as well. We don't know if it was an accident or not. That's uh, everyone to make their own opinion on that as well. Yeah, I heard it described today um, perfectly. He has a professional way of being clumsy, Joel Selwood. Yeah, uh, he I, seems to do it all the time, and I don't know if it's a dirty play or not. I don't think in that way. I think it's a, a strategic play to slow down, obviously, the, the movement. Um, I think it's, I don't think his intent would have been to put the studs into the bloke's uh, leg. He was basically just trying to step on his foot to slow him down. The roughing in the grounds, you know, like that's something that he, he gives out as much as he takes, um, but... It's yeah, not on. It, it's not on. It, it shouldn't happen. He needed to get fined for that. And uh, the studs, I actually think it was uh, deliberate. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I think it was a deliberate ploy for him to uh, stop stop the play. And uh, I don't know if he deliberately stood on his leg or whatever, but he definitely tried to uh, catch his body on the way through to oh, stepping back. Okay, yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think yeah. he definitely used his body to try and stop the play from moving yeah. on quickly. He disguised it quite well by looking at the umpire the whole time. I don't think he meant to lead with the studs. Um, is, is probably what I was talking about in terms of not meaning to do it, but I do agree. I think he used it to slow down. Um, professional clumsiness is a good way to describe that, Pez. Yeah, so Joel Salwood, he is going to be... I don't know if the word's tarnished or not, but a lot of people, when he is retired, so yeah. it's, as a champion of the game... All the Geelong fans are going to see him as an absolute superstar coming and debuting in 2009, winning a premiership and then being up there for so long. He needs another one possibly to cap off a, a really stellar career. Uh, but a lot of people on the outside of you know Geelong, they're going to see a really tarnished career with all these indiscretions and especially the ducking for free kicks, which he gets accused for a lot. Yeah, the, the ducking, you know, is not something that uh, is a part of his game and it's one of those things where they're, it's he's one of those... Typical catch twenty two in every action he has, he has a direct opposite thing. Everyone talks about he's been one of the you know the most courageous players in the game, but then he also sort of leads himself, he leads with his head for free kicks. They also call him one of the best captains in the game. Yep. But then he does things that if he was on your team, you love because he's yep. putting his body on the line. But at the same time, it does come across as I know sometimes dirty. But he's in that sort of same you know that Sam Mitchell sort of. Uh, 
sort of you know regime where it's like you will do anything to he's, win. He's stepping across the line, white line fever. Exactly, he's right. there to go. But oh, champion, my, champion in the game, you can't you can't deny that. My view is not a fan of St Kilda. I think he is a, a superstar of the game, and the the ducking of the high free kicks, it's not his fault because. Oh. If he's getting the free kicks and that's how he's going to do it, he's going to continue to do that until the umpires stop doing that. So if the umpires and the AFL want to stamp it out, they would have stamped it out already and, and would have been doing it. He does do it uh, on occasion where you, where you see it and you're like, come on, mate, how did, you, how did the umpire fall for that? So um, very interesting. The other thing that was interesting is, uh, and a big blow to Geelong, is Mitch Duncan and an injury which could be season-ending source. Yeah, eight to ten weeks, they say, which, you know, with uh, round 15, not too many rounds left. Uh, and he's uh, one of those players that I don't think is overlooked in terms of the best 22 at Geelong or the best, you know, players in the league. But his role is definitely um, underappreciated for what he does for Geelong. Um, we do have a lot of uh, bulls that go through that midfield, but it looked sort of an inaccurate, not inaccurate, sort of uh, action where he sort of just landed. I Originally, I didn't even think that he grabbed for it. I thought it was just the momentum falling down. They chucked the ice on. They activated the sub very quickly. Really, really crucial for, for Geelong's midfield and played a big part in September last year. He plays a massive part in Geelong's midfield. A huge loss for, for the Cats. Yeah, massive loss and injuries may as well. Well, may play a big part in September when we get down to the crux of it. The other thing I did want to mention about Geelong is since Jeremy Cameron's coming to the side, I think they've looked uh, a step above the rest of the competition. Uh, just because of his poise, he kicked 2-2 on the the weekend but he's there he's up the field he's kicking it inside 50 he is a really great presence to back up Tom Hawkins and people wondering if that was going to work pre-season it works and didn't Geelong need it yeah, and, and I, I told you this in the in the preseason pairs. A huge fan of Hawkins. Um, you know, anyone who watches a Geelong game, the amount of work, work that Hawkins did previous to um, Cameron coming, leading up the ground, it was almost the times where he was leading up the ground, being such a creator that he actually put himself in a, in the wrong position to be able to receive a mark in the fifty meter line. And now they've got these two players that play almost identical, and they gel so well together. Already. They, they're like a yo-yo pairs. One goes up, and one goes forward. The amount of, the amount of times they're, they're goal assisting to each other, it is perfect. And I think a lot more teams will look for the, you know, the, the, I mean, we originally were calling them the Twin Towers, but they're not even close to that pairs. They're these running forwards that cover the ground so well. They have great delivery into the forward line and most of all kick goals. Like, you know, they're, it's, it's going to be, they're going to be a really hard forward line to beat um, with uh, in going into September if uh, Tom Hawkins' back can stay into it because he did, yeah. tw- he did twinge his GPS. I mean, his uh, neck, neck sort of uh, you know area. B- BT mentioned that yeah. and as soon as he did it, it actually looked like the GPS flicked him in the back of the neck because it is at the top of the jumper at the back. And I actually said when I was watching the game, I was like, what, did oh, the GPS must have hit him and he must have like got a bit of a whiplash from it. But he actually was getting a heavy massage in the fourth looked quarter. extremely Didn't know if he was coming back on the field. Um, but the other thing about Tom Hawkins, it allows him to be in the forward 50 more and forward 50 stoppages – He's an absolute monster, oh. and he's uh, an artist at that as well, and every club needs one of those. The thing is, right, he, he's easily our best ruckman in the forward 50. He's easily the strongest bloke in the field in most contests. He's an unbelievable shot for goal. He's a pretty decent rover and goal assist. Chuck him down defence. I'm sure he'd be great at that too. We just You need 10 of Tom, Tom Hawkins. Yeah, he'd be good. Uh, and still on Geelong source, oh, but we can't, um, <laughs> we can't leave this game without talking about Tom Stewart. If this guy on Brownlow night does oh, not get three oh, votes, oh. defenders... Just give up. Just give up on even trying to get any votes. And how about we call it, we don't call it the Brownlow, or we do call it the Brownlow, in brackets, midfielders award. Because if he doesn't get the three votes, there is something wrong with the umpires. Pez, he, and, and you and I are huge fans of Tommy Stewart. We we have, uh, 
we've raved on about him ever since we started this podcast. When he came in with the um, the untidy sort of hair, the tats, and the, the big stash, and uh, just intercept marks and quarterbacks, a typical Matthew Scarlett backline player, where he just you know he had ten intercepts for the game, tied the all time record for intercepts in a game, and they're not the intercept marks that you talk about, Pez, where they're just kicking straight to him. He goes and wins contests. He's in the right. He's spot. in the right spots. He positions himself, but not only that, he then anchors himself forward to get twenty or twenty disposals, twenty four disposals, and sets himself up for goal assist. I mean, he does it all, Pez, and it's an unbelievable backline there. And he is one of those integral parts. But what a performance for for Tommy Stewart. Yep, ten uh, as you said, ten uh, intercept marks. And 15 intercept possessions. So even if the ball hits the floor, he's still going after it. He had 27 disposals, 24 of them kicks, because he is setting them up from that back line. And he was kicking it at 70%, 78%, which is really, really high towards 80% there. So uh, there's our little spiel on the, on the Geelong. Yeah, uh, and that's the podcast for the week, Pez. I've uh, enjoyed talking okay. Geelong. I don't want to talk about any more footy. Let's, there's, uh, let's there's a bit of that. praise there for your oh. cats, sauce. So you would have enjoyed that. Uh, about time, not, mate. They not, don't get enough credit on the show. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure you enjoyed the next game, but uh, oh. Gold Coast versus Port Adelaide. Really disappointing from Gold Coast here. And the most disappointing thing is they've had four wins for the year. They sit at 86% and they sit 16th on the ladder. After people, including me, tipping them for the eight. I know injuries had a, had a role to play, but there's some games that they've played in this year where they've just either given up or the other team has been way too strong. And to lose by 50 points at your home ground against uh, Port Adelaide, who struggle against really top sides... Uh, I don't think it's good enough at the moment from Gold Coast. Yeah, they're definitely a long way off, Pez. Um, you know, we saw the effort against Fremantle the week before and they sort of were, you know, it was an effort that probably should have rewarded um, in a little bit more on the scoreboard. But the body language from the, the Suns was was pretty terrible, Pez. They they sort of got to half time and it was just, okay, well, this is, you know, this, the game this is done. the Gold Coast that we saw, you know, when they first came into the league and, you know, they're young blokes and they, you know, they're used to, to getting pushed around a bit, but they just allowed themselves to get pushed around that, you know, like um, we just spoke about Tommy Stewart's effort down back. Aaliyah Lear absolutely ran uh, a mark. He had 12 intercept marks, 20 disposals. And how's this from Backman? Five score involvements. That's not good enough for the Gold Coast to allow a bloke like Aaliyah Lear, you know, who's not, not the quickest bloke when he's got the pill, just just run one wild. Like he was able to do whatever he wanted from that back line. Port Adelaide were fantastic, but the body language from uh, Gold Coast was <laughs> disappointing is not even the right word, Pez, because it is seven steps backwards. Because it is exactly where they were five years ago. They're just giving up the footy. They had seven players Port Adelaide with 25-plus disposals. Uh, Ollie Wines being the best of those with 43 disposals, eight marks, six tackles. So what a game from him. Uh, it, it was absolutely unbelievable. Big shout-out to uh, Stephen Motlop, who's rejuvenated his career. And he's, he's very dangerous when he gets the footy in front of goals. He's an, an amazing set shot and doesn't get enough credit for it. Um, but he doesn't get a lot of the footy usually. And he had 26 disposals uh, along with uh, the two tackles as well. So uh, Port Adelaide, you know, we knew, we knew they were going to beat up on them. We knew, the, we knew the line was pretty low and they were going to, you know, have a comfortable win by at least five goals. But uh, for Gold Coast, it, it was just disappointing. And we've had uh, their CEO, their president, um, Cochran, on, uh, was it footy, <laughs> footy Classified or no, on the couch <laughs> with yeah. Nick Rewald. And they, oh, were, they were going at it. He was going on about Nick Rewald, about his club only having one premiership in a hundred and something years. Uh, a bit of a rough, bit of a rough hit there. Uh, on Rewald. Where Rewalt did everything he could in his time at the club. It was a, um, bit, a bit of a low blow from uh, the Suns CEO and well, president and saying that simply, well, mate, how can you talk about success? Because your club's only won one premiership 140 years. Yeah. It's like, 
Well, hang, hang on a chick. <laughs> it's not Rewald's fault. Well, Rewald's easily <laughs> one of the most successful, you know, captains and, and the players of St Kilda's uh, heritage. But now, do it, you do you like what Cochrane was doing on the couch there? He was. I, I thought he was deflecting everything away from where they're up to as a footy club and giving a lot of excuses out. Yeah, Australia could have used him in the last dashes, mate, because uh, <laughs> it would have been good to see someone defend uh, anything yeah. coming there. But uh, like just deflecting and putting it back onto someone else doesn't earn respect in the AFL community, doesn't earn respect for your football club. And it's a little bit controversial because we want Gold Coast to take accountability. We want them to do what Hugh Greenwood is in every week, giving 15 or 20 you know, tackles. We want them to compete. And when you're sitting there going, well, hang on a tick, it's, don't, don't look at me, handball to someone else so they can take the blame. It's exactly what we saw from the Gold Coast Suns with their body language. We didn't want to be there. Let's quickly get this over and done with and let's look to next week. And, and it's not good enough. They need to face the facts. They need to have, you know, they're a team that uh, I'm sure had a couple of reviews and there's a lot of teams who are having reviews at the moment they need to have a player group review and have a good hard look at themselves and work out one whether they want to be there you know playing for this who's not showing the effort don't play them because look at look at the screen and and don't play them because the effort is not there it was there at the start of the year source and i know they were losing they're having honorable losses which still isn't good enough but at least the effort was there for their supporters and uh the effort's not there they're able to go along to the ground uh and watch it on saturday and to be that disappointed if, if you were a Gold Coast Suns fan, uh, it's just not good for the footy club. And with talks of Tasmanian team coming in, possibly Northern Territory in Darwin or somewhere like that, um, the AFL seemed to have made a big mistake. Or, or is it the Gold Coast Suns that didn't use their concessions wisely? Yeah, and I think you're, you're right there, Pez, calling out the players that aren't doing it on the regular basis. You know, Brandon Ellis had a, an, a, an ordinary game, but he's one of those ones that normally shows that effort. He only had 16 touches, but Port Adelaide had, you know, did their homework. They stopped him, they stopped that run, but it's those middle-of-the-range sort of players that you want to see step up and you want to see that growth. Like, we, we can't continually be talking about Lockie Weller about to be about to make, make a break. You know, he needs to be averaging 20 a game. You've got, uh, you know, Charlie Ballard, who's a young kid. He He's now probably needs to be hitting that 20-25 mark a game. Matty Rouse come back from injury, but you expect a bit more from him. Lacocious, same sort of thing. The inconsistency from some of those middle-of-the-tier blokes, and they're meant to be the senior players of that club, need to be better. Took Miller, it was amazing. He always is amazing. He always puts in that effort. Um, I, I don't know what they do to fix it, Pez, without taking a good hard look at themselves. And, you know, we said that um, their coach was the right person for the job, but maybe he isn't because it looks like from what we saw early on in the Amazon documentary, one of those things that we, we you know, credited him about was that he seems to have those players' respect, but the last two weeks the effort hasn't been there and that directly goes to have they got buy-in. Yeah, and there has to be no excuses here. They have to just get on to the next week and continue to go there. One team that is putting in the effort source at the moment with only one win for the season is North Melbourne. They actually led due to a uh, led at half-time due to an inaccurate Brisbane Lions down at Tasmania. So North on their home deck don't look half bad. Yeah, it was it was an interesting game this one because uh, the Lions basically um, played down to North Melbourne's level. Uh, and North Melbourne, you know, you've got to, as, as you said earlier in the year, Pez, the, the benchmark for them is every week to beat the line. They've done that the last five weeks. They've beat the line. Um, that you know they haven't been getting thumped because you can't put a fifty mark, sixty mark, and sports bet and all those betting agencies get it pretty right. They're beating the line, so they're putting in the effort. But they're bringing down the opposition to their level. They're putting it into a, a real sort of a scrub fest. They're they're really making every contest hard. They're showing that effort that we're asking Gold Coast to show. Now Gold Coast on paper have more talent. 
North Melbourne are sort of the drigs and drags and they're looking for a rebuild, they're looking for draft picks, but they were really fantastic. But, uh, you know, it was because the Lions were inaccurate early. I'd be interested to see how that game goes if uh, they had a 30, 40-point lead at halftime. Like, they probably should have the Lions. Oh, and possibly could have. And uh, I don't know, they're not used to playing down there at Tasmania. They did lose to Hawthorne there a, a couple of years ago as well when they were up and about, but... Uh, yeah, Tarrant, he, it's good to see him back. Robbie Tarrant for North back in the in the back line. Goldstein does his job every week. He had 53 hitouts on, on the weekend, so, so he got the uh, chocolates there in the ruck, so we're able to score some goals in that first half. But uh, one person I did want to speak about, is Jack Zebel anywhere in your All-Australian side? Uh, no. No. He's averaging over 30 disposals a game. Most of them are kick-ins. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, so that tells you about the insufficient stats, Pez. In insufficient stats, yeah. He is getting those disposals, but what is he doing with them? He He's a long kick, and uh, some of them being turned over, you've got to actually look at that. But a lot of uh, media outlets talking about him being All-Australian in All-Australian contention, I think there's a lot better players out there because he is one that just goes to that goal square, kicks out every single time and plays on to make sure he just can kick it as long as he can. Yeah, and it's, again, we, we go back to the skill level with some of these poorer teams. When he's not kick, when the skill level isn't there from the people he's kicking to and the pe- you know even him sometimes, he, they're not going to be you know uh, good touches in terms of turning around and resulting in goals. But you spoke about kick-ins, Pez. Uh, there's one thing I want to talk about is that third quarter, there were an incredible six out-on-the-bound deliberates or insufficient attempts called in that uh, that third quarter alone. Six pairs. Disgusting. They, they love it, the umpires, <laughs> on the weekend. Only five games, and I think it was one of the biggest rounds for this insufficient intent uh, rule. Wherever there was no, no one near the ball, Bang, insufficient attempt, I'm calling that, and uh, let's keep the game going. But the North Melbourne game, Pez, we saw not only that one, we also saw the the one where I've got the ball, I go to like take on you, Pez, I realise I can't beat you, so I walk over the line, and then they've pinned the insufficient attempt, and you know, the perceived you pressure... You haven't seen that this year. You, you haven't seen that a lot, but the, the, the umpire was red hot in this, maybe they were just trying to keep the... Uh, Maybe they were just trying to keep warm down there by moving their arms around and getting a little bit more involved. But it's not something that I liked in the game, Pez. It's exciting here and there uh, when it is, you know, when you can see that the player's intent is to, to kick it out. But when, they, when they're kicking up the line and the ball bounces it in right angles and slides, especially the ice rink that is, you know, Bloodstone Arena, like it's, 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 it's not for me a rule that I want to see sort of uh, flourish. No, it's not. And uh, defenders actually use that to an advantage when someone's coming to tackle them and, and deliberately go out. But you, you can't really call that as uh, insufficient intent there. But Brisbane get their ninth win of the season. Uh, they move to 36 points with a healthy percentage of 128. So they're in the top four at the moment on percentage over Port Adelaide. But I think Port Adelaide may miss out on that top four source because of uh, some of their little uh, performances this year against top four sides. So uh, we move on from Tasmania and go to a really disappointing Carlton side. Uh, where GWS were favourites in this match, ended up winning by 36 points. Carlton had a bit of a run to come back when they had a, had a big loss uh, there, and they kicked uh, multiple goals in a row, but GWS just at the end uh, kicked out again. And uh, when is it going to be uh, not good enough from Carlton, and when are the fans going to stop believing in, in what's going on, and when is change 
going to happen at Carlton Footy Club. They, they keep talking about change and growth and Teague's been you know flapping on about that for, for a little while now. Like since they uh, beat Essendon, Essendon's turned their season around and we continually see the same effort and the same output and the same result for, for Carlton. It's almost like we spoke about body language earlier with, with um, the Gold Coast that they expect to, to get thumped. Carlton, you watch their game and it's like, we expect to be in the game and we expect to, to be competitive for, for some of it, but in the end, we're just going to lose it. And that's exactly what happens is, and it's been happening not just for this year, Pairs, and last year, it's three or four years now that the effort is just so sporadic and it's inconsistent that it's resulting this mundane sort of, you know, we'll, we'll give you 70 minutes of, uh, or 70% of effort for a game and, you know, we'll make it uh, probably a three or four goal most weeks so that we, you know, and, and they're just accepting it, Pez. It's just not good enough. Um, but I, I don't want to take anything away from uh, the, the GWS Giants here. They really brought it back. Not Finlayson and Toby Green. Toby Hello. Green. Hello. Oh, my goodness. We're going to be talking about Carton for the next three or four years with their inconsistency and the effort and everything because until they fix it and they make some proper changes and they have a list evaluation, there's nothing really we can talk to. And, and before we um, go into Toby Green a little bit more, Zach Williams... The big recruit, 800000 a year, came over as a defender from GWS, playing against his own side, had 11 disposals. Fox footy highlighted, outside of the pack, lazy footballer, doesn't run for the contest, doesn't run in defence. And to only have 11 disposals against his own side, one tackle. But we, we talked about this at the start of the year with his recruit pairs. $800,000 they're paying him to play that, in the that, midfield. That's not, that's not his problem. That's not his fault, though. That goes back to exactly what we said about Carlton. Like, that's a poor decision. That, 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 bringing him in, that cash, you shouldn't pay that cash, right? But bringing him in, he needs to be a finishing touch. Not a, not a like... He needs to be dropped is what he needs to be. It's, it's not good enough from Carlton Pears. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have brought him across there because they had a proper evaluation of their list. They're not ready for that. They're not ready for him to be playing out of position and trying to, you know, pay 800000 to to train into a midfielder in his peak of his prime. When he was he was a good running defender for GWS over the years. Well, they were playing him in the midfield for the first half of the year. And that's what they're doing, Carlton. I don't know what's happening. Um, another question that came out of this game for mine source, a question without notice. Um, good old Matty DeBoer, back from injury. He's, uh, he's played on Sammy Walsh, kept him to 20 disposals, only six of those kicks. And he had 12 tackles and 16 disposals himself. So he did a really good job. And we always know he does a really good shutdown role. And if uh, you're p- playing against GWS, you always think, who is he going to tag that I can't really rely on for disposals this week? Is the art of the tagger, is it dead? Or is someone going to rejuvenate it with either a, a younger player or a player that's a little bit older that just tackles hard, works hard, and just shuts someone down, not even worrying about getting the footy. I mean, I think what DeBoer does well that makes his role not dead and his um, you know, his description as a tagger not, not dead is that he doesn't only just give you the, the niggles and make everything a contest, but he gives you possessions as well. Like, he's basically playing a one-on role. He's getting 16 posies. He averaged probably 15 posies a game. He's giving you the tackle, so he's giving you that outlay. In terms of the lockdown defender, just to stop someone from getting the pill, there is no team in the league where one player makes that big a difference, where you're going to sacrifice your offensive game and your own system for, for that. So, well, there's a couple of players that make a really big difference in terms of Dustin Martin and Toby Green. But they can't be tagged. You know what I mean? Like the thing is, they just go forward. People, people are like, you know, they used to say it with Gary Ablett, it's like, do you tag Gary Ablett? Like, no, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just use a system to stop everything else. Well, and that's what they did at Gold Coast. Gary exactly Ablett right. was getting fifty every week, <laughs> and with a tag, and they were losing by a hell of a lot because they worried about everything else. Yeah, 
And that's that's where you, you're probably right. The tagger role is dead. But De, what DeBoer does for, for the Giants is, is he gives them not only um, uh, he makes the other you know midfielders work and the star players for the other teams work, but he also gives you that outlet. And he, he's a good part of their midfield, especially with all those other possession grabbers. Uh, and he sets themselves up nicely to get to some of the stars of the game pairs, their own Toby Green and uh, Finlayson. Five goals and four goals, but you know, respectively. How good two. is Toby Green's hands? How good is Toby Green? Like, <laughs> just, and I know a lot of supporters hate him, Sauce. We've, we've always loved him uh, down here. My mate uh, that goes for the Bulldogs actually gave me a... Uh, Toby Green card because he had got it in his footy card back and he said I don't like this bloke so I put it in the back of my iPad where, where I take it to work so it's all, <laughs> always there along with the Nick Rewatt one but um, yeah just love watching Toby Green play his passion and uh, early on we've spoken about this before he was a little bit abusive towards the umpires and the, the decisions that were being made and he has done so well because he does not get calls he is one player in the league that they do not want to give him easy free kicks or any free kicks. And whatever happens, he gets pushed over the line. He gets uh, landed on in the back. He just stands up, goes up forward or goes into the midfield wherever he's playing, does not say a word to the umpires. Uh, I mean, he's, he, he's everything you want from a player, Pez. And as someone watching AFL, he's everything you want as a general football supporter to enjoy. He does the miraculous. He does some things that you sit there and you're like, whoa, that was, that was dumb. Then he does some absolutely brilliant, just skill level wise. You know, he had eight marks, he had twenty disposals. He, <laughs> he he's he's only a small bloke in stature, but the, the heart that he wears on the sleeve and the effort he gives is you know you can't deny it. But then there's some other things that he does, and you're like, how the hell did you think to even attempt or try that? It may not always come off, but you're like, I don't think I'd see that in the football field. He's an exciting prospect of the game. We love him here at behind the boundary pairs, and uh, it's good to see him not get sucked into everything else, you know, the basic bullshit of football. All he does is he knows what his team needs him to do, and he goes out and does that every week, including a 67-metre torpedo to win <laughs> the first quarter. Oh, Pez. Great, great, captain, oh. great captain as well. Great captain. Great captain as well. And every, every goal he kick, you can say it's a captain's goal. Captain's goal, mate, especially when it's Toby Green. <laughs> the, the next game, how good is this for footy fans? Five games source, two of them were in Tasmania. One of our favourite venues down there. Uh, two different venues in Tasmania. So this was at the University of Tasmania Stadium. Hawthorne took on Essendon. And uh, I thought Essendon were on top of them early. Hawthorne niggled their way back. But Hawthorne were one goal six at one stage in that second quarter. So they wasted opportunities. Then they kicked three in a row. They kept going topsy-turvy back in the game. And Essendon were able to shut them out in the end. It was 10-13. So 23 scoring shots to Hawthorne to 21. So Hawthorne were in it. Up to their noses and just couldn't get over the line. And Essendon, a uh, comfortable 13-point win in the end. Yeah, I like the way you put comfortable there, Pez. The, the people in Tasmania came out to see, you know, a great contest. And they show that if you put marquee games there, they will they will show up. You know, 14,000 people rocked up A for lot the of Essendon fans. A heap of Essendon fans for a Hawthorne home game. Maybe they need to move to Tasmania. I just think that, you know, if uh, Tasmania get their own team, they'll probably get 14,000 there. And it, it sounds like a, a decent sort of uh, ground to hold that crowd, which is exciting. But, you know, you said a comfortable, you know, 13-point win, Pez, because it was that. Like, Essendon watching this game, even despite Hawthorne's inaccuracy, didn't really look like they were going to lose it until that fourth quarter, when you thought, you know what, Hawthorne are still hanging around here, maybe they might steal one, but Essendon, they just did what they had to do, it was a very routine win, it's one of those wins that you wouldn't be talking about Essendon at the start of the year, we both had them in the, in the bottom four, and uh, their list is definitely overperforming at the moment, they've got a couple of young kids that were doing really well. and uh, Harrison Jones, really impressive, got forward, strong hands as well. 
um, for Essendon. So uh, shout out to him because he was really great. Parrish was a bit quiet. He had uh, 24 and a goal. So a bit quiet than his uh, 30 touches. But the big talk this week is a $700,000 plus dollar contract. And what is Jake Stringer going to get? He kicked four goals, one. Uh, played a lot in the midfield. And we know when he goes in the midfield in the previous seasons, he's an absolute monster and a beast. He's so strong. But he just does never have the, never has the stamina. He had twenty nine disposals, four goals, one. He had played a three vote game, but playing one game source does that get the seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand dollar talk? But I think what you're seeing, starting to see with Stringer, is some maturity pairs. We spoke about this in uh, the the Dreamtime game. There are a couple of instances where he was, you know, one on one around the boundary line, Eddie Betts sort of territory, and you know, the, the sort of the unbelievable sort of attempt. And he actually is now starting to center the ball. He's starting to Ooh, do the team yeah. things. He's starting to, you know, you can see him. There was a lot of criticism early on in his career, the package about him being very one-dimensional, all about me, me, me. And you know, oh, the, I hate that nickname, the, the, the package the, as well. The, oh, the parcel, me. mate, because he never delivers, <laughs> right? <laughs> and basically, you know, he's starting to, to, to deliver on what the club and what teams want to see from him. He's a big, bustly midfielder who can give you 20 disposals. He doesn't need to get 29 and 4 every week. Give you 20, Toby Green, 20 disposals, 23, 24, get a couple of snags, but put your team in position to score. And we're starting to see that maturity. If he continues this for the back end of the year, I I can see teams who are in that premiership window wanting him. And if Essendon really believe in in the workload that he's putting into, then he could get himself a big contract. From the outside or sitting on the outside, seeing him and the type of bloke he is, Whoever offers him the most money, that's where he's going, I reckon. I don't think he's got any loyalty towards anyone, but uh, played a good game. He's got to keep it up for the, the rest of the season. The other one I wanted to speak about, Sauce, is Nick Hind. Uh, played a fantastic game, having a really good season. He was a St Kilda forward, and they're playing him up forward. The, the speeds to there. He's playing off half back, so he's not really one-on-one defending, but they are trying to get the ball in his hands every single time. He's running through the middle. The goal he kicked was absolutely beautiful. Oh, he kicked game. it off half back. And then there was another disposal before he got it back and went uh, a goal from 50 on the run. Uh, he's having a really good season. He's having a great se- uh, season, Pez. 25 disposals and that goal you spoke about. Um, he really offers some dash. <laughs> like, And, geez, he's got some pace about him. And uh, that's what Essendon do. They have a, a fast brand of footy. They're leaning into the the cattle that they've got there, Pez, and they're creating an you know, exciting brand of footy. Um, and, you know, they're only a couple of wins out of the actual eight, so they might break that. Drought, Pez. Uh, you were sort of sceptical. I was sceptical about the, the 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 run that they can do in finals. But if they can get this together, Pez, question without notice, can that fast brand exciting football? They've taken it to some of the best teams. They've taken it West Coast. They've taken it to Richmond. They got blown out in, in, a, in a Richmond sort of effort at the end, of, you know, of that game. But can they make any damage in September? Or will they just be enough. making up numbers? They're not good enough. They're not making September. They're not good enough to do that. And uh, I think the eight. Uh, not, not so much sent, but I think GWS have a chance to get in there. But uh, the only one you could see really dropping out would be the Sydney Swans. And uh, I think the Sydney Swans are going to win enough games to be in there. So I think GWS are the only team that can come in. Richmond will win enough. West Coast will win enough. Port will win enough. So uh, Sydney there. But I don't think Essendon will make the finals. Uh, you can We can replay this if, if they do. I've got one thing that really pisses me off at the moment. Can I tell you what it is? Go for it, mate. Commentary. Eddie Maguire. Not a did fan. You, did you watch the game? Yeah, watch the game. He he just raises his voice and his voice just really annoys me and pisses <laughs> me off. And I, and I do not like it. It's like he's fake yelling when he doesn't need to be fake yelling. Just call the game and stop trying to act overexcited 
when nothing's actually happening in the game. Yeah, he's trying to do the old Brayshaw, mate, uh, because Brayshaw does it fantastically. Because he does it a can, lot better. You can hear the genuine excitement in his voice. Uh, I actually really like Eddie Maguire as a commentator, but you are right. Trying to make uh, excitement out of nothing by just raising your voice and not even really changing the tone, just changing the volume, it's not enjoyable to listen to, and you're right, it is. Mate, I get home from work, and if I turn the TV on, it's on Channel 9, it's on Hot Seat, I'll, I'll turn it straight over because I'm sick of hearing him, even if he's not trying to yell on uh, Hot Seat there because I've had enough of his voice and his uh, stupid comments on, on commentary. All right, Pez. <laughs> Just not, not a hot seat fan, all right. Uh, we're lucky that we've only got uh, coin toss, mate. We don't have any uh, hot seat where it's uh, a minute of answer, but... Uh that wraps up uh, you know, around uh, 14 and a five-game round, Pez. Finally, we're back into uh, a range of good things coming into round 15 because we've got no more buys. We've got Thursday night footy back, Pez, Friday night footy, and we're heading into the best part of the season because it is, as you said and as you alluded to, there are a lot of teams fighting for the top eight. There's some really important games heading towards top four spots. You ready to get into it, Pez? Well, we have to get into it. First thing we'll do is we'll do our bet review. Soft review. It's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. Let's go through this this week, Sauce. We both had a both had a stellar week. Let's be honest. Uh, we we made an excuse last week that we were on uh, on holiday a bit on the buy. Our head wasn't really in it. We need a mid season break as well. So uh, we did that the week before. But uh, the first game was Geelong at Western Bulldogs, and after this game, we both probably thought this isn't going to be a very good round because I had the max fifty on Geelong to win. Geelong minus seven and a half, and Geelong plus thirty six and a half. The reason I had those three legs uh, pretty similar is because if uh, two of them got up and one of them failed i got a bonus bet so geelong ended up winning by five after the siren could have gone either way minus seven and a half didn't quite happen which was disappointing so lost the 50 got a bonus which i also used in this round yeah uh, that's that's going to be the trend for me pez uh, i failed uh one leg this week on most of my bets and uh, my, this one was no different i had geelong um at the line which is the one that failed i had a anytime goal scorer for tom hawkins and uh our big man tommy stewart as i've been saying pez raving on all year about him to get 20 uh, i'm sure some listeners had tommy hawkins for two mate and uh, he marked one about 10 metres out at the top of the goal square and just handballed it off into the goal yeah. square for an easy goal. He always does that kind of stuff. He always does. Yeah, number one in goal assist over the last 10, 15. I think he's actually number one in the in, in the comp for, for the last four or five years. But Unbelievable. the accumulative numbers for him, is, that's why it's really tough having him for two goals. But bonus bet for me, Pez. We get on to the Suns versus uh, the power game, Pez. And uh, same again for me. I had a, a bonus bet in this one. I had Brandon Ellis not turning up. Uh, he only got 16. I needed him to get 20. So that made the, me with a bonus bet for 25 bucks. What were the other two legs there? Oh, Landon's Landon to get 15. Got it basically on the last possession yep. of the day. And Carl Amon to get 20. And Who's wow. great value at the he got He got 20 in the first quarter almost. Sitting at a dollar thirty-six this week for twenty, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm pretty sure it'll be in both of our bets uh, coming up into round fifteen. Uh, that was free money for me there, source a line of minus fourteen and a half against the struggling Suns. Uh, really enjoyed that line. Had the max fifty on it to return ninety-five. Yeah, that was a great pick by you, Pez. Speaking of great pick, and you question why I had a six-leg game multi? Oh, I did. And uh, Pez, it was it was all chocolates for me because I put in um, four goal scorers, and with the way the game was going, I thought I was in strife. But uh, Hipwood, Cameron, um, Danaher, and Bailey all kicked goals. Human colleagues to get twenty-five. Only kicked nine as a team. Hey, and I you told picked you four of them. Hey, they're the last six weeks. They've all kicked goals. 
There you that's go. incredible. And I had Bailey for 15. So you got I got 29. I only had 15 in that one, Piz, because I was super confident with the five <laughs> of the six <laughs> legs. They gave me 54 return. But that was good to get up. I only gave you 360, uh, that, that little multi. Because they're, they're, they're money for jam, those ones, Piz. And, and you just wanted it to be like that. So I had uh, my, my cheeky – I thought Hipwood was going to have a big day and kick five. Uh, disappointing down there. There's no way he's kicking five after that first quarter. No, no way, Piz. And uh, I'm glad I didn't listen to you in that one, but I should have not listened – I should have listened to your advice in the next game, because Pez, because I escaped with another bonus bet. I had Toby Green for 15, Haynes for 15, got it, got it. Josh Kelly for 25, and you said that I was a little bit worried about Taranto to get 25. I was worried about him. And I said the last five weeks he's got 25, and do you know what your response was? Well, last week he only got 26. And uh, this week he fell short. Yeah, he got 24. <laughs> so um, I was very, very close again, but was, uh, no cigar. Interesting in that one, Sauce, because I actually messaged you before the game and I said, geez, I must have listened to you on the pod because he's over underlined. Oh, 28 and a half. 20 and a half. That was too high. Way too high. That was too high. So he's that good was, for 25, <laughs> except for this week. <laughs> that was good money there. Interesting to see if you've got it in the next round. I didn't have a bet there, unfortunately. It would have been pretty easy money uh, if you had put that in there with Toby Green to kick a couple of goals or something in GWS to win. But uh, the next game was the Hawthorne versus Essendon game source and I, I put this one out live on Twitter because I didn't have a bet uh, beforehand so I put this with my bonus bet for um, Suns Power which lost uh, by one leg Jack Bowes not turning up and getting 20 but this one uh, it was just a, a Neds one and I enjoy doing this on Neds source so I've put the alternate uh, total points and the alternate um, lines so I've put them all together I had over 147.5 points which it got up Hawthorne plus 42 and a half. I thought there's no way they're getting blown out. Essendon plus 17 and a half and under 197 and a half because they weren't scoring 200 up there at Tasmania. So uh, that together was $2.19, put 25 on it, returned 54.75. So I was happy with that. Yeah, you would be happy with that, Piz. A little sneaky way to sort of uh, rig the system and sort of <laughs> get, get, a some couple of, get some good value in there. Um, I had uh, value galore in this one, Piz, but uh, all three legs failed. Didn't get close in anything. I had Essendon 40 plus. No yeah, chance. Darcy Parrish to get 35. He struggled to even get 25. Kyle Hooker to get two or more goals. I don't even know if he did went near he the ball. He did so. not get one. Uh, so no. that was a, that was a good for me. That was the only one that uh, <laughs> that I didn't miss one leg pairs. I missed all three. We'll, we'll enjoy the enjoy the next one because the next one was our multi-source uh, right at the end. I just had a three-legger one on, on Sportsbet with the special. Didn't need the special in the end. Geelong after the siren win, $1.62. Yep. Uh, always, always there. Uh, Port Adelaide to win $1.43, which was... Uh, really good money. They went Great into money. about a dollar thirty before the bounce. Six is where I got them. Uh, and Brisbane a dollar fifteen, which was a little bit worried in that second quarter, but they they kicked away and, and won pretty comfortably in the end. So I had twenty five on that return, sixty six sixty. Happy with that. Loving that pairs. Uh, I put twenty down on uh, all five games pairs, and uh, just like my footy tips pairs, all five winners I picked uh, for a nice uh, return of a hundred and thirty three dollars and fifty two cents, and I loved that. <laughs> you gotta love that because that means big profits. So round fourteen saw. So I staked 150 in the end with that extra $25 bet that I put on. Uh, and I've used my bonus bet as well. So I'm not using that this round. Return $216.35. For a return on investment, healthy, 44.23%. Very healthy. Uh, for the total for the season for mine, $2,585 and return $2,888.30. Hopefully that can go over the 3000 mark this week, Source. And uh, return on investment, over 10% again. So 11.73%. Loving that, Pez. Uh, for round 14, I staked $95 and just on my multi alone cleared that. Uh, <laughs> it returned $187.52. Uh, a more than healthy, Pez. Uh, ecstatic with the, the ROI in this one. 97.38%, which is absolutely 
Mickey Mouse what I wanted, which means for the season I've staked $2,345 flat, returned $2,478.26 with an ROI of 5.68%. Piz, and uh, I can see in the uh, the emoji, Piz, I am back with some water. I don't know how that makes any <laughs> sense at all, Piz, but I can see you've got the hospital emoji there because you're obviously getting your head checked from last week and, you know, you might be uh, in the psych ward there because it may- makes no sense. I had 5% I had water. And then I won around and I got no water. So I got further away from the hotel and now I'm back to water. So I don't know if I'm, what's happening, Pete? Mate, you only had an umbrella in one of them where you were 1.81% up. You've, you've climbed up, you've got back over 5%. So you get a little bit of water and uh, a little bit of sand to relax on. But I'm a little bit confused with the analogy that we were going with. I thought we were building um, hotels. We're, we're trying to build a hotel, but you can't build a hotel under five, under 10%. Well, but like, I don't know why I'm like, like, am I going out and getting stuck at sea or something? Am I going fishing? Like, why, why am I getting water? You no should water, be happy water? you're on, you should be happy you're on the bloody island. What's with the hospital, Pez? You're building hospitals now. Uh, that's a hotel. That's a hospital. It's got a little love heart on top. <laughs> <laughs> why would the hospital have a love heart? For health. That's what the health app has on the, on iPhone. Don't, don't you worry about that, mate. That's uh that's a nice little hotel and that'll be uh, building up nicely, uh, continuing on. So 11.73% uh, aiming to continue climbing. All right, well, let's see if you can uh, keep true to your word, Pez, in our bet slip. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting, getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi. Do you want, do you want some as well? And I, I said... Pez, last week you uh, opened up the specials by talking about a, a um, business proposition and a, an advertisement that was uh, in your letterbox, uh, Jimmy Brings. Yep. And the moment I got home, I jumped on my phone and there was an ad for Jimmy Brings. So not only is he hijacking your yeah, letterbox, yep. straight into my app and uh, still no sponsorship. A little bit disappointing from Jimmy Brings. No sponsorship. That's really disappointing. But uh, we will get into the specials anyway. Sinner takes a special and goes bang. Now, Jimmy Brings isn't the only disappointing thing here. Where's Finster? All I do at night is sit there and refresh the inbox. Nothing comes through for the specials. I don't like it at all. What is happening? I'll tell you what, though. Uh, he's probably started his own little hotel business because he's his uh, little multi that he gave us last week. Came up chocolates, two goals for Georgie Alice, two goals for Dixon, and some other person he put in there for, I think, Port Adelaide to win at halftime. He well, cleared that. That'd be fantastic, but it doesn't count because he hasn't given us any specials. <laughs> he's not doing anything. So, Finster, you're still on 0%. Don't worry about that. Uh, we'll get into the specials from Sportsbet. Uh, kick a goal in the first two minutes, you win. Thursday and Friday matches source this week, if you like that. Three-plus league, same game. AFL Multi is here, so that's why we continue to go with Sportsbet Source. It's up to three refunds per match, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Tab have three-plus legs, one fail Thursday, Friday night, and they've also got the three-plus leg head-to-head multi-special, which uh, I'm sure some of us will take a bit of advantage of. Head over to Ladbrokes. They've got $2 lines for Thursday, Friday games. Now, they could always add more. Um, come Saturday. Okay, so you do have to check back if you want to see any of that. Uh, you head over to Ned's. They've also got the $2 lines because they're the same company, but they've also added in the Thursday, Friday, same game multi, uh, three plus bonus back. Uh, we don't need to speak about points bet. And there we go. There we go, Pez. Let's get into Thursday night footy as we spoke about in the preview, Pez, or sorry, the review from last week and the preview for this week. Super exciting. Thursday night football is back. This one is at the Gabba. Top of the table clash. Uh, a big couple of weeks for Geelong and uh, 
but a sort of mixed result for, for Brisbane playing a bottom team and now playing one of the top teams. So Brisbane take on Geelong. Brisbane coming in favourites, $1.68. The Cats are the outsiders, $2.19. The line is minus 5.5 pairs. The over-under is one sixty-two and a half. And the game for this one is 7.30. So they brought it forward 20 minutes because of all the quarantine and airport rules. So... It'll Maybe be interesting. They're thinking about bedtime for kids or something. <laughs> no, they're thinking about the airport, Pez, and the, because uh, the extra 30 minutes, it wasn't enough time to recover and get to the airport, oh. so they wouldn't be out of quarantine in time. But uh, this should be an absolute cracker. It, it should be, but I don't know why the, the companies have got this wrong, Source, with the, with the odds, because uh, the barometer, he's been omitted. Oh, the barometer for Brisbane, he's out. Should be a dollar ninety. How, way. how be are they going to win? <laughs> now Dane Zorko comes in for Reese Matheson and uh, Mitch Duncan out injured. Quinton Narkel also omitted, so Higgins stays in the side as a medi sub last week, and Lockie Henderson comes into the side, which is an interesting one to come in for Mitch Duncan and Quinton Narkel, who aren't those big type of players. So they must be a little bit worried about. Uh, Brisbane's forward line and putting Lockie Henderson another big body in there. Yeah, as you would be. The, that's one of the sort of flaws that we, not flaws, but that's one of the things that we do question with Geelong is whilst they do, they are really great at uh, intercepting the mark and they're sort of, you know, setting up their offence from their, their defence, they can let a couple of big body forwards take advantage of them and that was the concern last week with Norton. They did well shutting that down. They'd be very concerned with uh, Brisbane's uh, forward line, tall timbers down there, Pez. Exactly right. I'm, I'm hoping for a really close game here, Source, so... I've gone to Ned's and done my little uh, little alternate trick. So I've got uh, three legs, and I will get uh, a bonus back if only two of them get upsourced on the Thursday night special with Ned's. Uh, I've got Brisbane plus 18 and a half. So, you know, can't lose by more than three goals. And I've got Geelong plus 25 and a half. So they can't lose by more than 25 points. And uh, I'll put the over to be over 129.5. I think it'll get um, over 130 points pretty easily. So all that together gets me odds of $2.13. Whack the max 50 on it. And I'm hoping to enjoy a nice game on the couch tomorrow night. Yeah, it'll be good to enjoy football back to Thursday night footy pairs. Uh, I agree with you. That line is really low. Um, even even the line that they've actually done there at 162.5, I think that's a really low ga- a low line. If I wasn't going to go with my bonus bet pairs, I would chuck some money on that one anyway. So I love your 122 line. But Pez, oh, I'm just going straight up with my bonus bet. $25 on the Cats to win. $2.19. Hopefully to make uh, $29.75 back. And it's a free hit for me, Pez. And I think this game really is a 50-50 game. I, you know I love my Cats, so I don't know why uh, you'd expect me to go anywhere else. No, I did not expect you <laughs> to go anywhere else. But um, how good is it having a 97% profit last week for you, Source? And three bonus bets to play with three this week. Three bonus bets. So <laughs> that's, that's I, I bet you I go 0% for them. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be no good for me. But speaking of teams that we don't want to have a no percent effort from, pairs is your Saints. And they come up on Friday Night Football. The Tigers taking on your Saints. This game is at the MCG. Some late uh, scheduling changes. Again, it's going to be a 7.20 start, I think, that they moved it to, pairs. A little bit unsure. We're looking at 20%, 25% uh, crowd capacity, which is great to have fans back at the G to watch the Tigers take on the Saints. The Tigers come in favourites at $1.18. The Saints outsiders at $4.95. Minus 27.5 is the line and the over-under, again, very low, 152.5. Well, big line, it's all you can expect. But a 7.50 time slot source uh, at the MCG there. And uh, St Kilda, they've had the buy. They've come off the buy and apparently... They've had some home truce between the players and uh, they're going to come out and fire this week or whatever. But um, you're never going to believe that until you see it. Rowan Marshall apparently underdone, but apparently will play. 
and he is one of our most important players, along with Paddy Ryder. Uh, so it's very interesting to see how they will go against this uh, star-studded Richmond side. Richmond wouldn't want to put a, st- a step wrong here, just sitting inside the eight there, Source. Uh, they, they do need to continue to win games, and this is a very winnable game. Now, Richmond aren't known for absolutely slaughtering teams. They did slaughter St Kilda earlier in the year by 86 points. So interesting if they can do that again on their home deck at the MCG. St Kilda haven't played in the MCG much over the last few seasons and not only due to COVID, that's just uh, scheduling. They don't usually play over there. So um, I think Richmond win uh, pretty comfortably. I think the line's about right at 27 and a half because you don't know what St Kilda's going to turn up and what effort they're going to put in. Uh, Still a few injuries and things like that. So I would, if I had to bet, I'd go... Richmond at the line, I reckon. Yeah, and I'm following that exact trend, Pez. Going over to Ned's $2 lines, and you can actually get it at minus 26.5. I did say 27.5 on the pod. We go off sports bet because that is the biggest uh, market there. So a little bit of extra value, not only in terms of the the amount that I'm getting, but also the, the dollar amount, so I get an extra 10 cents. The R- Richmond in the back end of the season, what do they do, Pez, at the back end of the season? They, they have to win. They have they to win. try. They, they have to. But that's, but that's what they do. The, from round 15 onwards, they set themselves up. That's the only time that they care about football. The backs to the wall as well. They backs need to the wall, to on, on their G, back returning with fans. It's going to be a cracking game, and I reckon they rise to the occasion. So lock me in for, for you know, minus 26 and a half. I think they get the job done. I wish it was a Saints. Saturday twilight, so we're not on the... On the main stage there, the Saints. They would have <laughs> they would have thought last year this might be a really good game because they did play off uh, in the second week of finals last year um, and had a pretty good contest. But Mate, if Carlton have another performance uh, like they have been, that's the only thing that will escape you guys from being the front page Herald Sun story on Monday morning if you get blown out. We're so. already going to get blown out. That's ridiculous. But um, we'll get into Collingwood and Fremantle. Footy, as you say, back in Melbourne, it's a marvel. Yeah, and this one, uh, on my rundown, I've actually got the uh, North Melbourne Gold Coast first there, Pez. But it's the same time slot, so we'll go the Melbourne game first. Collingwood taking on the Fremantle Dockers. Uh, Fremantle with Robert Harvey first go at the Reigns. $1.68 favourites with Fremantle. The Outsiders at $2.20. Minus 5.5 is the line in favour of the Pies and over under 151.5, Pez. We don't know lineups for this one, but uh, it's a really interesting line that uh, especially 5.5, Fremantle probably playing some better football than Collingwood. Collingwood, but all depended on Nat Fife, surely. Yeah, you'd expect him to come back in, and the Fremantle are expecting him to come back in. And uh, Taylor Adams has been followed at training this week, and uh, he's got to pass the fitness tests to see if he'll get, be in the side. Really important to that Collingwood midfield. Uh, you think Harves just goes ahead and names himself in the side? Has a <laughs> run around? <laughs> he's probably fit <laughs> enough to Pez, and uh, I wouldn't put it past him to jump on the field at uh, three-quarter time and be like, you boys are not showing any effort. This is how it's done, lads. Are. But uh, hopefully so hopefully he doesn't have to, and hopefully they can show him uh, you know, the same sort of effort that they showed Bucks in his last game. Yeah, uh, Fremantle on the road. Don't don't love them on the road. So not at the G either. Uh, Elliot, uh, it's at Marvel. Uh, oh, Marvel, Marvel, sorry. Um, Elliot coming in. Well, been in the side for two weeks, and uh, if Taylor Adams does come back in, this is what I'm banking this bet on because obviously we're doing the bets on a Wednesday night source, and teams aren't out. So I've got a three leg same game multi, one leg fails, you get a bonus back. I've got Collingwood one to thirty nine. Uh, Brody Mycheck to get a goal, and Luke Ryan in defence 
to to rack up twenty disposals there. That gives me three dollars twenty five all up. I've put twenty on it, Sauce. I don't mind that bet at all, Pez. Uh, I've got a three leg same game multi. I've whacked twenty five on it at two dollars ten. Caleb Poulter, uh, he's been ever since he's come into the the, the Collingwood side, he has had uh, fifteen or more disposals in every game, and he's a dollar thirty two to get that. So I've put him in. Steel side bottom to get twenty. Adam Chera to get twenty as well. Both of those players should get that. Uh, it gives me two dollars ten as said, and fifty two fifty is going to be looking very nice in my account after this game. <laughs> You'll enjoy that. So, um, on your rundown was the other way around, but my rundown wasn't. So uh, North and Gold Coast, and am I am I seeing things? <laughs> North are favourites. What value this is, Bez? Uh, North Melbourne after their really really impressive um, blowout against Brisbane at uh, in Tasmania, uh, they come in as favourites. Probably the first time this year, a dollar sixty eight. Uh, sorry, dollar sixty four favourites. Gold Coast Suns two dollars twenty six. The line is six and a half. Over under is one sixty and a half. Pez. Can North Melbourne, should they be favourites is probably the first question. Well, I think some of the reason they are favourites is because of how bad Gold Coast are travelling, but also they're going to be without Captain David Swallow and they're going to be without Lockie Weller. So they're going to be uh, injuries there. Uh, so if they've already got two outs, is Stuart Jew actually going to make a statement and, and drop any other players? I'm not sure. But they've still got King ranking... They've got Miller in the midfield. They've they've got some of these players that can do it. Greenwood's Greenwood's got that tackling pressure. Uh, they've got the defenders. They've got Lacocious if they use him. He's a beautiful kick of the footy. So can they still win? I don't know. It's down in Tasmania, which is probably the biggest factor of why uh, North are favourites. I'm not sure who's going to win. So I've stuck away from the the results and I've just gone disposals in my in my bet here. So I've gone a three legger again. I've gone Jack Siebel to get twenty. He'll probably kick it in twenty times. <laughs> Uh, Noah Anderson to get 20 or more and Jack Lacocious to get 20 or more. They need to get the footy in that bloke's hands because he is a beautiful kick of the footy. And uh, if they get that, that's $2.40. I've put 20 on that. And they're two players, Pez, that we spoke about uh, in in the review for the last week is that they need to show that effort. One thing that Gold Coast do when they play against teams that they uh, they should lose against, they sort of put the cue in the rack. But what they have been doing as of late, when they're playing those bottom sides, they're coming out and they're making statements. Those young blokes have the confidence up and running. Those players that we talk about, you know, that you know need to be standing up against the good teams, they just go about the things and they look amazing. So I'm backing them in to win this game. And I've put a $25 bonus bet. I've got a free hit at this, Pez. 226 to get 31.50 return um, and I think that's really good value for two teams that down the bottom which is a coin toss and if you put the list side by side Gold Coast have more talent they should get the job done yeah I'd, I'd also be looking at probably a Gold Coast halftime leader or something as well because uh, I know it's down in Tassie but uh, there could be some value in that as well for the listeners there all right, we get on to the afternoon time slot, the 4.35 time slot pairs. Port Adelaide taking on Sydney. This game is in Adelaide. $1.29 favourites for the power, $3.62 for the Swans. Trying to hang on to that top eight finish for the end of the year. Minus 20.5 is the line, and 160.5 pairs is the over-under. Yeah, I think the power should win this comfortably, uh, which isn't good for Sydney. If Sydney could steal this game, they nearly guarantee a final spot as well. So it is a big game for Sydney. Uh, I've got a three-league same game multi. I've got Carl Amon to get 20. We spoke Love about that, that $1.36. Uh, James Rowbottom to get 15 or more. And uh, Connor Rosie to score a goal. He's been playing in that forward 50 the last couple of weeks. He kicked uh, five the week before. He kicked uh, one or two on the weekend. So anytime goal scorer there, uh, it's $2.37, another 20 on that. 
Yeah, love that, Pez. Uh, Carl Amon is in my uh, three-leg same-game multi as well. I think the power do get this done. Um, I like the line at 20.5. I think it is a little bit low. We know that Port Adelaide like to bully their opponents when they are much better than them. Sydney, you're right. If they can snag this game, it'll be uh, big talking points for Port Adelaide and it'll be really good for Sydney, but I don't see that happening. What I do see, though, Pez, is Carl Amon to get 20 at $1.36. I say I see Jake Lloyd to get over 25. He'll kick the ball in probably 25 times. And Charlie Dixon to get two or more goals. He's done it in the last three. He's in ripping form at the moment, and I can see that to continue. That gives me odds of $2.40, and I've whacked uh, the standard 25 on it, Pez. Standard 25. There you go. And uh, we, we finish off Saturday night with uh, Essendon Melbourne. We do, Pez. This is a really interesting one. The bookies have Essendon, despite their impressive last couple of weeks, as massive outsiders at four bucks. And uh, if you think that they're a chance, Pez, jump all over that line with the impressive football they've been playing. Melbourne, as they should be, are a dollar twenty-five favourites, and and that's pretty juicy value as well. If you think Melbourne are much better, you know, sitting top of the ladder, top of the ladder, uh, and they can get the job done. So minus twenty-two and a half is the line. One fifty-nine and a half is the over/under, Pez. I'm staying clear of this game because this is both teams are extremely unpredictable and this can go literally either way. Uh, I'm I'm not going to stay clear of this one, Sauce. So I've I've got put a little multi together here. Oh, I think uh, Melbourne, after being disappointing in a, in a few performances, really need to to come out and do this. They've lost to Adelaide. They've lost to Collingwood. Uh, they really need to win here at the MCG. Uh, I think Essendon are better suited to uh, Marvel Stadium, so I think Melbourne can run over the top of them here and and really get a get a good lead. I'll, I've put Dyson Heppel to get twenty or more in his in his role at halfback. Salem down the other end to get twenty or more because another beautiful kick in the AFL and they want to get the ball in his hand. My man Cosy Pickett, he hasn't been kicking goals lately, no. Source, but as any time goal scorer, a little bit more value this week because he hasn't been doing it. And I've put Melbourne in there head to head. So $2.30 all up and I'll put 20 on that. Do you know what he is to kick one goal at the moment off the top of your head, Pez? Or? Off the top of my head, I can't get it, but I'll get it before the next game. All right. Well, I'll get into the next game, which should be an absolute cracker. GWS Giants taking on Hawthorne. We get into our Sunday games, of course. This game is at one eleven. They've got it at Sportsbet. They're very precise here. They've got the uh, quarantine <laughs> got the quarantine aspects down to a T to the minute. Uh, $1.63 favourites for the Giants. Hawthorne coming outside is two twenty eight after their gallant, but uh, routine sort of performance against Essendon. Minus six and a half is the line, Pez, uh, and over-under is 155 and a half. Only six and a half. And oh. this game's been moved, hasn't Juicy. it? Juicy. It has been moved, yeah, yes. MCG. Because so. of the New South Wales uh, yep. issues in terms of the quarantine. Um, but uh, it is a home game for the Giants at the G, so they'll love yeah. that. Oh, they, they will <laughs> love that. That's probably why the line's so low at six and a half. If it was down up at Giants, that line would be up uh, 14 and a half somewhere there. But I think the, the game before, Cosy Pickett, $1.20. To kick a goal, he's been sitting dollar ten, dollar eleven for the last few beautiful weeks. Beautiful so, ten cents extra so there. Please, hopefully, he can get it done. Yeah, uh, with Hawthorne, uh, one player I, I really like watching earlier in the season got injured, and he's come back into the side last week. Got eighteen disposals. Is Will Day? So Will Day down there, dollar twenty five to get you fifteen. Uh, really good value there. So I've put him in my same game multi. I put Greater Western Sydney just a win, not not playing around with the line or anything. Dollar sixty three, I think they were there. When I got on them, and I had to put three legs in, and I wanted to go pretty safe, so I put Toby Green to kick a goal. Only get you a dollar four, but it's only in there, so I can try and get that uh, bonus if one of those fails. And that's what you want, Pez. You want to be trying to uh, guarantee that last leg. And as we spoke in the in the preview, he is absolute money for VBs, Pez, to kick a goal. Um, and I love what you said there about the, if this game was played at Sydney, uh, the line would probably be at fourteen and a half, Pez. And I think that's exactly what GWS win by. I've gone with an alternative 
alternate line on Sportsbet with my last bonus bet. $2.30 for them over 15 and a half. I think that their team is list-wise really rolling. Hawthorne have been um, gallant. They haven't been impressive by all means. They, they don't have the cattle there to compete. And the form Toby's green in, he'll probably win it, uh, off his own boot anyway. I think they're really starting to click. They need this win to stay have their season alive. They're playing at the G. They, they, we know that they can perform at the G. And I've backed him in at $2.30 and the bonus bet on that one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the bonus bet backing in the underdogs uh, in a few games and then yeah. the little line on the Giants. I like it. Um, if memory serves me correct, we've got two games left, Source, and uh, no cheeky's been played yet. No cheeky's been paid yet, Pez. So, uh, that's it what could the listeners be, are here for. That's what they're here for, Pez, and that's exactly what they'll get, I'm sure, in the next two games. We've got the West Coast Eagles taking on the Western Bulldogs, Pez. $1.77 favourites for the Eagles and $2.10 for the Doggies. Minus three and a half here is the favourite towards the Eagles, and the line is, uh, sorry, the over under is 152 and a half. Mate, great, great game here, especially with what Bulldogs did last week. Uh, really impressive. I think the travel. And the, the loss of a, a couple of really key players for them is really going to hurt them because uh, West Coast have been used to missing those players that they've got out of the side at the moment, including Shuey. Uh, so I think West Coast win this one, Source. Cheeky! I've, I've had to make it a little bit cheeky, but I've gone a four-legger, same game multi. So if one of them fails, Source, I'm going to hit that uh, cheeky 10 back and uh, have, a, have a little bit of a bonus bet on my cheeky next week. But hopefully they all get up. I think West Coast win this. So I've gone West Coast 1 to 39 in a big win, little win. But I've also got them at the line minus three and a half. So what that means is West Coast need to win between four and 39 points. So any less than four, no good. Any more than 39, no good. I'll put the over, over 152 over there uh, on Sunday, middle of the day. Beautiful weather. Uh, I think there can there can be some some scores there. So if it's 75, 75, that, that gets you around 150. So so 80, 75, something like that scoreline, that'll uh, that'll work there. And Jack Darling hasn't been kicking the goals, but I, I really love watching him as a forward and he's really strong contested mark. I think he scores two or more goals. So uh, it's $7.25 all up source. Put the cheeky 10 on it and uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, we must have had the same sort of uh, round here. Pez, get to the end of there and go, right, uh, not sure <laughs> about the value here. We'll whack one on uh, and I've done something a little bit uh, cheeky as well. And uh, I love your West Coast 1-39 to bet. That's exactly what I had. $2.20 on its own, Pez, which is incredible value. You can't see the Eagles, if they do win, blowing out the doggies. Um, and I agree. I think the fatigue aspects of them quarantining, um, especially coming off a, a pretty upsetting lo- lo- loss last week, will mean that they won't be able to get uh, the job done over in uh, Perth. I've got the over-under. Um, I think this game is going to go over the 152.5 pairs. I think it is going to be a high-scoring affair. Were you just listening to me? Jeez. Yeah, I was. And uh, <laughs> then Elliot Yo to get 20 or more disposals. Um, him coming back and having a couple of reps under his belt, I think he should get 20. He's had so. a great impact since he's come back. It's been amazing, pairs. So I really love that value, and I was a little bit surprised that it gave me odds of 675, pairs. So originally I had that as just a normal bet, and then I'm like... You know what? That that's my cheeky, so you little ripper. But I put twenty five on it because that's what I originally had on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have broken the rules in that pez, but uh, I love that bit because I think it's absolute uh, value and it, it classifies as a cheeky. So, uh, so I enjoy that. Yeah, and uh, I'd be happy to get to our multi because uh, Carlton Adelaide, I've got no interest. Yeah, I've got no interest in this one either <laughs> way, pez. But we better uh, allow the the Carlton fans to have their day because. 
if they lose this one, it is going to be absolute panic stations. And, the, you know, the bookies have it, this being a little bit closer than probably their ladder on the position would sort of, uh, well, probably the ladder on the season, uh, sorry, ladder of their position at the start of the season where people predicted them. Carlton come in as favourites, $1.53. are not convincing $1.53, the pairs, may I say. two fifty two for the Crows. The line is minus 10.5. No one in their right mind is touching that. I'm not the touching The over-under is 172.5, pairs. What are you doing? Oh yeah, as I said, I'm not touching it with your money. I'm not touching it with uh, my worst enemy's money. Uh, anyway, so I've got no bet in this one. But interesting stat I heard during the week, if this is true, in the last ten years, Mick Maltas has won the most games as, as, as a Carlton coach. Oh wow, <laughs> Jesus, that's not something that, that's uh, not something you want. That's not something anyone would want to rave about. Even Mick Malthouse for that one. Um, this one here, Pez. Normally, I would uh, I'd stay away, and this is uh, no different at all, Pez. But uh, one thing I can't do, Pez, is I can't tell you what I'm leaning towards in, in terms of a, a, a bet here because I don't like the odds in terms of the team's going to win. I hate the line. The over-under, in my regard, is, is it's the highest um, <laughs> It's the highest over-under of the round, and I don't think that's value at all. So I'm steering clear, and I would recommend punters to steer clear. Yeah, if I had to go in something, I would have probably said off the top of my head a Harry Mackay three-plus goals, but it only gets you $1.53. It's not worth so, it. You're not putting that in there. You must, you must, because if he does that, you say Carlton wins. So you must do do that with Carlton because you've got more chance of that happening than him kicking three. And you know what I mean? Like it's the same same value. So it's not not any good there. But um, we head into our multis source, and uh, this is where it's at. Uh, I've gone with Tab with that three plus oh, head to head multi. I'll put Port Adelaide in there at a dollar thirty two, Melbourne in there at a dollar twenty six, and GWS at a dollar sixty two. Altogether, gets me odds of two dollars sixty nine. I whack the max fifty on on this multi source because I do like those three teams to win this week. Yeah, I agree with two of them, Pez. Uh, well, I agree with all three of them actually, but I've only included a different one. So I've got Port Adelaide to win dollar thirty two, GWS Giants dollar sixty two, and Richmond to win at a dollar twenty. That gives me odds of two dollars fifty six with tab. Put the twenty five on it, Pez, for a nice sixty four return. Yeah, well, you you got to enjoy that. And uh, up and about in a bet slip this week, uh, full of confidence by the oh, sounds are, of things. And uh, we'll be very disappointed <laughs> if this round turns to shit. But uh, let's let's enjoy a full round of footy again. So I'll know what I'll be doing all weekend. And uh, it, it's great to be back, isn't it, Sauce? It, it is great to be back, Pez. But before you boot, because it looks like you've packed up the sticks there, keep the, the spirit up and about because we get into our coin toss. It was a toss of the coin. That fight wins the toss. Yes, it's been an unusual uh, year for coin tosses. And how can you not be up and about, Pez? That nice little tune there gets you bumping. I saw you shaking the fist over there. Got some dance moves coming out this Friday, have you, Pez? The old old head bop. It's uh, it's good. It's good. All right, the way this works, Pez, short and sweet, just like uh, my little betting career. (laughs) My little time on the island, short and sweet. You're going to call your career. Your betting career is over, isn't it? My short and sweet uh, betting time on the island I was talking about there, Pez. So (laughs) unlike this intro, we'll keep it short and sweet. Can I say something? Bloody Eddie McGuire. Bloody hate listen. <laughs> we give I give Pez the line and both of us give our pick where each way it's gonna swing. So Brisbane Geelong minus five and a half. I'm Geelong. Wow. I thought you would have tried to claw one back there, Pez. You know yep. I'm with the cats in that one. Richmond versus St. Kilda minus twenty seven and a half. Uh Richmond. Richmond, I'm the same, obviously following my bet slip there. North Melbourne, Gold Coast minus six and a half in favour of the Kangas. North Melbourne. 
Oh, here we go. Head-to-head. I've gone plus six and a half, of course, with the Suns there to get the upset. Collingwood versus Fremantle, minus five and a half pairs. We're going to follow my rundown, not your rundown. So The Pies? The Pies for that one. Um, yeah, I think I might go with the Pies at five and a half. Port Adelaide versus Sydney, minus 20 and a half in favour of the power. Oh, this is one. This is a tough one because this is I think Sydney one. can come in. Port Adelaide. I'll take the power in that one. Essendon, Melbourne, minus 22 and a half in favour of the Ds. Uh, Melbourne Melbourne for me too The Giants and Hawthorne Minus six and a half In favour of the Giants GWS Thank you for two West Coast versus the Doggies Minus three and a half pairs I know that you're going With West Coast in that one I've got him in the multi And I'm following suit for that Carlton versus Adelaide Probably the most interesting one And probably the biggest coin toss That we've had in our careers Pairs Minus ten and a half (laughs) How do we play this one Can it be under a goal Oh my god Come on Harry Mackay Carlton (sighs) Adelaide no, I'll stick with the Blues minus 10 and a half. Uh, soft. 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 Put your head out of it, Pez. <laughs> Talking about soft, have you got a uh, coin toss for me, Ben? No, I'm waiting for the coin toss for you. This is my favourite part of the show. I did mine last week. No. Which Tazzy Ground was better and I stuffed it up completely. Yeah, you picked yeah, nowhere. <laughs> so, so surely it's your turn there, Pez. Look, nah. look at you looking scanning around the, 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 the kitchen trying to find something to <laughs> no, go <bear> it to. <laughs> No chance. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> I look forward to these coin tosses because I started off with the first four weeks and then you've, you've got four weeks on you. No, 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 you've no. You've only no. done three. I, I read them all out, Pez. Surely that's... Uh, you've, you've only done three. All right, I'll go one before you, Pez. Uh, Ned's or Ladbrokes? <laughs> <laughs> the same company with different specials at some times, isn't it? Uh, we'll go Ned's because I like orange better than red. Yeah, I've gone Ned's because they gave me a nice little bonus bet uh, deposit. I thought there. you would have gone Ladbrokes. Ladbrokes... Uh, Bean sauce, you know, a bit there's, of red. There's no need for that name calling there, Pez. Come on, let's uh, finish it up. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I don't have a coin toss for you, obviously. Disappointing. Disappointing. I won't have one for you next week then, but we've got nine games of footy. Best of luck in your punting and your tips this week. Uh, make sure you jump onto at Behind the Bound on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, because we've got everything going on over there. I'm Bean Pez. Peace out. Make sure you jump on. Give us a review, five stars as well. And if you're on Spotify, make sure you hit that subscribe button. That really helps us move up the rankings. I'm still Source. We'll catch up next time, guys.